Hello, hello. Let's get into it. I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. And I'm here to present to you uh, news from the last 24 hours, a small selection of what's aggregated over at hometown in the form of hometown daily news and the hometown daily news show about six categories, not about there are exactly six categories and then 50 subcategories or channels that I hope to bring to Twitch one day. If you're interested in hosting or co-hosting, get in touch with me. You have to send a carrier pigeon and do it. If you are interested, I am here to usher you into hosting or co-hosting here on hometown. That said, let's just get into it. I can't. Oh, you know what? Let me do this. Let me do this. The title for today's episode is a passenger with spirit while Swiss port baggage handlers get handsy with the baggage and more news. Yeah, today has been an interesting news day. Off to a rocky start. Didn't think there was going to be much news. But I dig this news. This is kind of interesting. So imagine dragons. Thanks all of the record labels who passed on their band at Variety's Hitmakers Awards. Um, So this is over in the continuity report. Basically has to do with pretty much anything entertainment, but... Uh, focusing more on the movies side of things, TV side of things, anything that would normally have a continuity report. If you don't know what it is, throw it in chat or I'll answer it. But you could go and do a Google search, I suppose. Is that rude? No. Well, a continuity report basically sets the scene so that when you shoot from another angle or you return to a scene everything is in the right spot and you aren't moving things from left to right in your hand and that's the continuity report basically make sure that everything is where it needs to be the concept here was that we would watch a movie all together all of us here in hometown all together and then kind of you know, talk about it later or talk about it in real time. We can all watch it separately via and then chat about it via Discord or here on the stream. Kind of difficult to do with some things, but we'll figure it out. Anyway, Imagine Dragons thanks all of the record labels who passed on their band. And it was really interesting because um, Imagine Dragons kind of popped up in my personal life their music and people in my sphere started talking about them in the last couple of days and then suddenly shows up here in the news thought i'd figure i'd just take a look at them right so you would think that imagine dragons um based on this and some other uh, things that i have read you know um there were some serious struggles. I don't know about the serious struggles based on my search um, and their history. Basically, they formed in 2008 and by 2009, there was enough people paying attention to them that they uh, replaced a band that couldn't make it. And I, I don't know if this is what caused them to go viral. Uh, I love their music. I, I mean, I dig their music, uh, but a lot of people are kind of poo-pooing them. This article over at Variety by Katie Rule 
um, kind of throws maybe I don't know how to say it maybe I don't know how to read it you know I'm throwing my own emotion into this uh, article but um, I had to scan it because I wanted to know the context of this um, because uh, what I saw was that at the very bottom of this article right um, other life events Reynolds credited with spurring him onto his current trajectory included being kicked out of his alma mater, Brigham Young University. But that goes back to the whole thing about him being a Mormon. And if at the beginning of this art article, he basically says he, he basically left. He went to Las Vegas, a bunch of other things. Let me turn that down a little bit. Um, but... By 2009, they basically were on a, a tear. Um, and uh, by 2012, I think that they were basically one of the most popular bands around. And um, 10 years later, they make it to this, um, which is the, the um, end of the year is what it was. So I thought it was really interesting because this person, this writer throws out masked by feigned arrogance. The speech was in reality, a meditation on Imagine Dragon's rigorous path to success, which was riddled with obstacles. I don't know about the obstacles. I'd be really curious if somebody could tell me about the obstacles because really 2008, a couple of people left the band didn't seem to harm the band in any way. 2009, they did, they get discovered. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Every musician kind of goes through the grind, you know, it seems it's hard to get discovered, but they went viral really quick. I suppose they became really well known really quick. Um, but you know, Reynolds may have had a weird path but only because of where he comes from, his family. And he threw shade at other people, other things, other places, but they're band of the year. So you can either do it graciously and say thank you, um, or you can kick sand in everybody's face. But here's two, you know, a lot of people give Imagine Dragons flack for, you know, supposedly going commercial or whatever, but you know, a band's got to eat. And if for a couple of years you have to bust your hump to get your work discovered, so be it. And uh, so I will never, I'll never poo-poo anybody's music because uh, it, well, I mean, some of it I like. And it's okay for you to like something that I don't like. Uh, that's just the way that's just the nature of you know liking things it, we don't all have to like everything uh, but imagine dragons is extremely popular hello z welcome to the show sorry i was late um but yeah if you're interested in this kind of thing go over to variety.com follow that link it's over in showbot so you have to type in hometown.showbot.tv and then you follow the link to this article over on hometown and then at the bottom of that will be visit the source and you'll get taken here because everything flows through hometown it is the center of my universe so hopefully you find it as important 
So let's go on to the next. If you don't like Imagine Dragons, by the way, don't send me a nasty gram saying that you don't that they are sellouts or that they're it's trash music or whatever. Um, I'm cool with you not liking it. Um, Z, you're in my chat. You can say whatever you want in my chat. Go for it. You don't have to say anything. Not putting you on the spot. It's not being like sent into a podcast or anything like that. And it's not being stored over on YouTube for in perpetuity. The one safe place you have, the one safe place is Twitch because, oh, and I point at Twitch because that's where the Twitch monitor is and that's where the YouTube monitor is and uh, got a couple others. But anyway, um, Twitch just deletes my stuff after 60 days. I'm a paid member of Twitch and they still don't keep my stuff in perpetuity for crying out loud. So this is the first article of what led me to the title of this show. Woman injures six deputies at New Orleans airport. Comes a report. This is on Thanksgiving. This is from the Daily News show uh, channel, but it's sourced from ABC News. So let's just go over to the source. And uh, this is from the AP over on abcnews.go.com. Ah, God, it's just a, a word jumble. So officials say a woman bit, kicked, and spat on six sheriff deputies while refusing to exit a plane at an airport in Louisiana early Thanksgiving day. You know, and that's exactly what I said, Z. I wanted to call this Grand Theft Airlines, and basically she's just going a million miles an hour. Nothing was going to stop her. Authorities said the 25-year-old woman attacked Jefferson Parish Sheriff's deputies at Louis Armstrong or Louis Armstrong, sorry, Louis Armstrong, um, New Orleans International Airport. And so they were responding to Spirit Airlines workers requests to remove the woman who had reportedly grown irate and asked nearby passengers who she assumed to be Latino, whether they were smuggling cocaine. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> maybe she wasn't let maybe she wasn't being racist. She was simply looking out for what might have been perceived as a criminal element, right? So let's see if I can throw that pasta against the wall and it stick. Does it stick? Does it hold any water at all? Nah, probably not. It was probably a racist epithet and you know, as much as I want to, like, I, <laughs> like, a, I, at first blush, you want to go, wow, she does sound like a badass. And, uh, no, you, you peel back the layer of the onion and you're like, oh God, oh God. So police charged the woman with six counts of battery on a police officer. <laughs> this person may never fly again. Uh, three counts of disturbing the peace, one count of resisting arrest by force, and another count of remaining after forbidden, according to reports. And the woman was released from Jefferson Parish Correctional Center later that day after paying $10,750 bail and is scheduled for a January 23rd court date. And Z, I think you rightly call out, she's going to prison. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So it says here, reports of bad passengers. 
uh, behavior have skyrocketed since air travel has increased after early pandemic sh uh, shutdowns. This is pretty much, uh, I think maybe it's my anecdotal observation of various reports that I've been reading all over the place about increases in accidents, increasing in hostility, et cetera, et cetera. But it's basically people are um, returning to civilization and everybody is in the wake of bad behavior. They're just, there's somebody doing something bad and a whole bunch of bystanders are getting wrapped up in the bad behavior. So she'll be able to keep herself from being bullied in prison. At least I don't know about that. There's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish. Just, you know, up to date, somebody, nobody has told this person no. And so they didn't grow up hearing the word filter your behavior or don't be a racist. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I can think of who leans over to somebody who they perceive as Latino and go, you smuggling Coke. Yeah. N nobody with a sense of, well, nobody with common sense you know, basically a racist. Um, but maybe it's, again, maybe they were a, a freedom fighter for drug smuggling and they could sense it. They could smell that the, the people had cocaine and smuggled it on board and nobody believes her. Look, I'm really good at conspiracy, because uh, you have to think conspiratorial about certain things in my, one of my domains, <laughs> you have to think about, everything. Um, but that's not what this is. This is not what I just, a fantasy story to, of mental gymnastics to make this work. I think it's hilarious that, yeah, wild that she thought it was okay. Yeah, it's not okay. <laughs> it's never okay. Not unless, again, not unless they are being questioned by police for suspicion of smuggling cocaine. <laughs> but it's also it goes back to this other thing about uh yesterday i think it was the laptop somebody leaned their chair back on a train and smashed a laptop at what point are you supposed to just face forward and and not worry about the people behind you and uh you don't necessarily get in trouble it's the same thing she should not have leaned it back. She should not have worried about the people in you know, row whatever and uh, just leaned back their chair and, and uh, their seat and kept quiet. These filters are falling away from people really quick. It's just amazing. You return to society and this is what happens. So the next article is over in the Word in Tech. AI bot chat GPT stuns academics with essay writing skills and usability. I'm really curious about this. It says here professors, programmers, and journalists could all be out of a job in just a few years after the latest chatbot from Elon Musk founded OpenAI uh, Foundation stunned onlookers with its writing ability, proficiency at complex task, tasks, pardon, it was plural, and uh, ease of use. And it says here, the system called ChatGPT is the latest evolution of the GPT family of text generating AIs. Two years ago, the team's previous AI, GPT-3, 
was able to generate an opinion piece for the Guardian and ChatGPT has significant further capabilities. So Z, uh, let me see, let me read this. Oh, right, yeah. Z, you are so right. Uh, and I, I don't really, I don't care for, <laughs> for Trump. Um, but the knock-on effect of his poor behavior has led to people normally stashed under a rock. You know, basically, society won't accept that bad behavior, so would have kind of tamped it all down by shutting them down. And suddenly it's becoming, you can say whatever you want and claim First Amendment rights or something like that in the United States. And then people elsewhere as a knock-on effect of it, even outside of the United States, they are pointing at the United States saying, see, I can be a complete tool and be president. So I'm going to be like this over here as well. Um, naturally there's, there's a holes everywhere, but I, I think it became an art form. You know, Trump wasn't good at deals or isn't good at deals. He's just not, he's good at throwing money and people being greedy. So his art of the deal, which was ghostwritten, I believe. And I think somebody said that it was ghostwritten. Um, and to me, it's the, it's the art of BS. He, he's just all game. He's, he's all hat, no steer, that kind of thing. But he's rich because his family's rich and money begets money. Yeah, it's going to take us forever to recover from that. Because now it has a foothold. That idiocracy has a foothold. Um, that said, let's check, take a look at what might be human's replacement. All it needs is to be ambulatory and haha, -ha, Terminator. Um, Alex Hearn over at The Guardian writes this article. The latest chatbot from Elon Musk founded OpenAI can identify incorrect premises and refuse to answer inappropriate requests. By the way, it may be funded, founded, marginally even directed, but make no bones about it. Elon Musk is not just like SpaceX. He is not a fundamental driver of the performance of these companies from X all the way to where we are now. This guy pays for being management and watch what happens with Twitter. It will, within the next five years, re-release its stock and, and recover its losses after grinding all of the debtors out for fractions of the dollar. I would say a penny to maybe 10 cents on the dollar for all of the debtors' losses. They're, they're going to end up losing money, even though it's because of the performance of the new owner. We'll see, we'll see what happens, but within five years, I'd say nowadays, my, my feelings is that within, within two years, at the end of two years, he'll be, he'll, he'll really reissue stock anyway. Um, so these, uh, AIs are pretty much moving into every field that you can possibly imagine. Um, when I give talks about. Uh, automation technology. Um, basically, I tell people if I can turn 
your job into a series of steps, abstract as you may think it to be, if I can turn it into a series of steps, it's an algorithm. And if it's an algorithm, I can program it into technology. And if I can do that, I can replace your job. Even uh, quite a bit of customization can be. You'd think that, you know, making t-shirts, for instance, right, would be a, a, a chore for a bot, but it's not. You know, printing onto them is not. Making carpet is not. Folding metal is not. I mean, there's just countless things that can be done by a bot. Now welding is done primarily by bots. Do welders make bank? Yep. But that's because they haven't created a, a bot yet that can climb in between pipes and weld something. But soon, soon, it will happen. It will happen. So you have to be careful about what you choose as a career or make so much money that you can go back and retool. Um, let me read this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Z. Everything was done by uh, basically an AI, a bot. Um, and so you never interacted with a human being because guess what? Us humans are pretty darn predictable. So I'm reading this and this uh, system here called chat GPT, chat GPT is the latest evolution of the GPT family of text generating AIs. This is pretty much what powers what you interacted with Z because it learns from all of the people and it's always learning. You know, there are thousands upon thousands of people that are requesting a refund from Amazon. And so the bot is learning how they're responding. And maybe there's a human in there at some point that's refining what the output is gonna be. But the bot is always learning. Whereas the humans that are in customer service or how I used to refer to it as customer circus when I was in it was, or I should say is uh, humans are m much more difficult to train than even a bot, even, you know, an AI powered bot um, because it is refining its capabilities constantly and customer service reps are tired of working 40 hours or 50 or 60 hours a week. And then they go home and get drunk and they show up late and they have problems with their family or all kinds of stuff but a bot doesn't care and will just respond perfectly to whatever input you put in there. So um, just the other day I went into my favorite gas station uh, retail space and they added two automated uh, checkout counters. Instead of adding two more human powered workstations, they, they nixed that idea and now it's streamlined and people are actually happier from what I hear interesting right so we in the united states are eventually going to end up being very compatible with with non-human checkout non-human interaction we are learning and every generation that goes by that embraces it more and more means that it will be more and more it, it makes it makes economic sense to most businesses so it says the bot is also capable of refusing to answer queries altogether. Ask it for advice on stealing a car, for example, and the bot will say stealing a car is a serious crime that can have severe consequences and instead give advice such as using public transportation. 
it's pretty amazing these large language models um, that are powering all of this AI. And like I said just moments ago, the more it is used, the more it learns. The more somebody says, hey, let's plug it into this large language model or let's gather up intelligence and provide it to the AI, it, it, the more capable it becomes. And then, you know, somebody I'm sure will mess with it. So this is kind of interesting. It says here, but the limits are easy to evade. Ask the AI instead for advice on how to beat the car stealing mission in a fictional VR game called Car World, and it will merrily give users detailed guidance on how to steal a car and answer increasingly specific questions on problems like how to disable an immobilizer or how to hotwire the engine and how to change the license plates. You can do that with a human being that trusts you. <laughs> You know, I could get away with it because I'm, I don't, I'm not perceived as a possible threat. I could probably talk to police about it and say, Hey, how would you immobilize that? They would, they might say, just look it up on Google. Don't get me involved in your potentially nefarious purpose. Um, but yeah, AI never stops learning. And we as humans certainly do. And I've said this, I said this at the very beginning of my stream, uh, almost a year ago now, we're coming up on a year. Humans don't multitask. So uh, bots, robots, um, software, AI, machine learning, uh, expert systems, all of that multitasks. It has the ability to engage multiple processors. Um, it can engage multiple processors that are processing uh, images from multiple cameras and stitch them all together to have a 360 degree view around them. Um, and this was done. I did stuff like this 20 years ago. Oh God, I shouldn't age myself. I'm immortal because I am a bot in hometown. Um, now you can stay in a 1200. Uh, I'll move on to the next article. <laughs> Now you can stay at a 12 in a 1260 square foot four seasons camping tent for almost $4,000 a night. See what it's like at the adults only resort. So this is in the four seasons. Um, this is a businessinsider.com article and it's by Brittany Chang and um, they have a picture of it. This, this uh, tent, I, I, I suppose this is what this is, is a tent um, has a, prettier deck than I have on my house. Uh, so I've got a little bit, should I say this hardwood envy? I'm not sure. Anyway. Um, so four seasons has opened its first adults only luxury resort with tents instead of hotel rooms. I'm all for it. I love, uh, fresh air. The 15 tents will have air conditioning. Oh, never mind. Um, private pools, king beds and bathtubs. The increasingly popular glamping market is projected to hit 5.94 just round up folks six billion dollars in 2030 i can be accurate but not precise in my stream i suppose wow this is really nice four thousand a night though folks four thousand a night let me pause that and um what if it came with a private pool views of the pacific ocean and four seasons stamp of approval would you i would merrily live in a tent, but not for $4,000 a night. That is nuts. Z, I agree. Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts has officially launched 
Naviva. Okay, so the ad, I don't know what's going on. I think there's an ad for like some, never mind. Um, an expansion of its luxury oceanfront Punta Mita, Mexico result, uh, resort, sorry. Um, but instead of new hotel rooms, the adults only Naviva has 15 open aired glamping, uh, what a portmanteau of, uh, glamorous and camping. I don't know why they broke it up like that. Um, tents starting at, they round down, they, they give the precise amount here, but round up in the title for crying out loud. This is my OCD is just stick to a system folks. If you're going to round up, stick to rounding up the whole article. Anyway, tents starting at $3,950 a night, maybe $50 in tax at 48 acres. Uh, the brand new, uh, indoor outdoor resort is one of its smallest. The picture makes it look like that's the entirety of the camp when it says that it's the smallest 48 acres, but it's actually just a little patio kind of area. Anyway, um, looks nice, but it is four seasons. So you're paying basically for the brand, possibly the support that goes around it. Um, obviously the location, but who knows? Um, how good this will remain. I've been to a couple of Four Seasons places that are, are really nice, but uh, the one closest to me was kind of uh, looked lived into me. You don't buy the idea that this is a tent? It is because it has a little bit of vinyl at the top. You know what? I'm sure that if I say that it actually has vinyl, uh, somebody's going to sit there and take down this video as uh, misinformation because that is not four seasons vinyl folks but yeah it basically looks like an awning over a building so glamping indeed as he he doesn't buy into it that it's a, a tent yeah me too i mean it has solid walls around it so it is not a tent there are plenty of on-site amenities like a restaurant and a Tamascal sweat lodge for personalized ceremonial sessions. Really? Ceremonial sessions. This is maybe private acquisition away from being a cult location. I better move on. I don't want to give away this location. Yeah, but if you go to Four Seasons stuff, then you'll probably be able to find it in Mexico. Just look up Four Seasons Mexico and you'll probably find that. Next article's over in the Daily News Show. Tampa police chief on leave after golf cart traffic stop. Oh, today is an interesting news day because the police chief of Tampa, and this is by the Associated Press over at abcnews.go.com, the police chief of Tampa has been placed on leave after a video emerged of her flashing her badge from the passenger seat of a golf cart to get out of a traffic ticket. Ooh, when you're going to abuse one's authority, you aim big and hope that you'll get away with it 
or you aim low and get caught horrifically horrifically bad tampa mayor jane castor placed chief mary o'connor on administrative leave friday pending an investigation of the november 12th this is how long it took november 12th track it stop in oldsmar a city northwest of tampa body camera uh, body camera video posted online by the tampa police department shows o'connor's husband driving the cart and the chief in the passenger seat when a, a Pinellas County uh, Sheriff's deputy pulls them over for not having a tag and says, is your camera on? O'Connor says, and then says, I'm the police chief in Tampa. I hope you're going to let us go tonight. Yeah. In a statement, O'Connor said that it's just poor judgment. Yes, and if I abused my power anywhere where it would have been a something like this right if i would have said no see I, you can't do it it's rules for thee not for me you know if i sit there and i say i don't have a tag on my vehicle and it's required to have tags i will probably end up with a ticket there have been a couple of times where somebody has said, hey, your light is out or something like that and let me move on. But it's never been me sitting there flashing a badge saying, hey, you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Yeah, I know who you are. Here's a ticket for missing tags. Oh, and here you're under arrest for abusing your authority as a police officer or police chief. It's not poor judgment. It's abuse of your authority. And it's disparate treatment because what if it would have been the other way around and you were following the letter of the law for not having the tags, right? Oh, it wasn't, you're not being my buddy. You're going to write me a ticket because it leads directly to revenue. As someone who has dealt with, taken ownership of, and grown from my past mistakes, I know that no one is above the law, including me. Good, so shut up and pay the ticket. It should have never been a thing. And now, it's Tampa Police Chief. So, I figured that it would be, what would, so like in Florida, you're not allowed to name a person until they've been um, convicted, tried and convicted. So that's why you hear about like Florida man, Florida woman. Um, but in this case, I guess it's Florida police chief. <laughs> you have to be generic about it because you don't know which police chief. Yeah. So he says big dumb. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm being dumb about it. Am I being dumb about it? And here's the other part of our title. This is over in the Hatch Ideas channel because it's about business transformation. And I think Swissport needs a little bit of business transformation. A Friday a video of baggage handlers roughly moving luggage went viral on TikTok. Workers in the video can be seen slamming, throwing, and kicking passengers' bags. Qantas Airways and its bag handling subcontractor, Swissport, are investigating the incident. Not much of an investigation really needs to be done. It looks like somebody was Hulk smashing luggage uh, all up and down the, the line, but it stopped after the first few minutes. Um, and it, I really wish the video would have just been full length video to, to see exactly what the uh, 
expanse of this abuse of luggage was. Um, but yeah, the, these, uh, a few of them were pretty hangry and went full Hulk on them, smashing them, throwing them. A couple of them went over the conveyor belt down into what might be a luggage black hole. Uh, but I saw that video and then when I was scrolling through the news, um, I saw this and then uh, I was sent this by my prospective co-host, but don't tell them yet. I'm still trying to. So what I'm doing is I'm sneaking into their room late, late, late at night and I'm playing a recording uh, that says B. Mayor Watts co-host, B. Mayor Watts co-host. C says, can we open an investigation into UPS, FedEx, U USPS, and Amazon? I believe that should be allowed because uh, I've had people kind of chuck stuff onto my um, patio, you know, the front door. I've had things stuffed into my mailbox. Uh, I'm... I'm waiting for one of those moments where it says do not bend and it's like folded in half like a uh, more like a taquito. It's just rolled up and stuck inside my mailbox. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I think that maybe if everybody who stormed the Capitol would have just focused more of their outrage on uh, corporate America, <laughs> we'd probably be better off because the government doesn't really care about you in the sense that they're harming you. <laughs> Most people are not harmed by the practices of the, the government, but businesses, they want your money and they'll do whatever they can to make money. Um, I will probably not get much of a reward for me saying these things. Um, but you know, cause the government isn't going to pay me to sit there and, and proselytize about the fact that, <laughs> uh, people that are working in the public sector are making dramatically less and the return on your taxpayer dollars are eight to one. So you, you get $8 back for every dollar spent in the, the federal government, civil, civil service or not. Um, so in terms of spending money and getting benefit, there really isn't much more, um, without being really, uh, you know, I, we're going to end up going down a road uh, that's going to take a considerable amount of time to talk about. Um, but I have a whole channel that is dedicated to this idea, um, which is called FAR, FAR Weekly, um, Federal Acquisition Regulations. It's all, it's all about government contracting and the efficiency and effectiveness of it. And that changes need to be made, yes, but auditing the government is something that is pretty part and parcel. It's standardized. I mean, they run Six Sigma stuff randomly all throughout the government from time to time. Private business can just sit there and abuse and abuse and make money and do stuff overseas and abuse. And it's just ridiculous um, how little oversight there really is until a whistleblower pops up. 
and then the whistleblower is, you know, taught how to fly or uh, marginalized or all kinds of abuses take place because somebody is, their bottom line is getting hammered because somebody tweets, hey, you know, uh, this is free now. I, I can't even say because I don't want to talk about Twitter. But anyway, um, yeah, people do horrible things because of money. Um, and uh, at least government has oversight and oversight of the overseers. I mean, it's or oversight of the oversiders. Overseer is the wrong term. But anyway, I diverge from <laughs> the article. Um, so what's really going to happen with these people? They're investigating it. Maybe it'll end up like, um, police do or businesses do. There was an abuse and we found no wrongdoing. Um, or some people that were really pissed off that day are going to get fired. This is over at businessinsider.com by Jordan Hart. And you can see one guy just picking it up above his head and slamming it down. Um, the video is actually, I first saw it over on Reddit. I'll be honest. Uh, the first place I saw it was over on Reddit. And um, then I saw it here on Omtown, and then I saw uh, somebody sent it in to me. So um, I'm not disclosing their identity just yet. Um, but I will be talking after this show. <laughs> um, anyway. So the video shared on TikTok Friday shows three handlers slamming and throwing passenger bags all around the conveyor while laughing, apparently. Oh, so maybe they weren't. I don't think I listened to it. I think I only watched it. And so that really does change the context of that. Um, there is a Red Bull that's on this conveyor belt thing. So maybe it's marketing. Huh? I didn't see that before. Oh, wow. My vision focused straight on to the people that were slamming bags around, but um, you can actually see a Red Bull right there. So uh, maybe it's at maybe it's a viral ad. Red Bull gives you the power to slam bags on a airline conveyor belt. Let's move on to Andorra almost dropped the first F word. I'm not sure what that is yet because I haven't read this article. Um, in the franchise, Star Wars franchise history, um, they say actress. I don't know if that's accurate anymore. I think you're just supposed to say actor, right? I'm not sure. Um, anyway, or acting professional. I'm not sure. Anyway, this is in the Hatch Ideas channel. I don't normally grab the, uh, a picture from any of the articles, so I have to look at my aggregator and make sure, figure out why it's actually embedded in the article. Um, but it says here that... Uh, Disney's Disney Plus's Andor isn't like any other Star Wars show. So much so that the F word, I don't know why they don't say F bomb, um, almost made it into an episode according to an, an actress with the series. And then they, oh gosh, they just fluff so much. Actress Denise Gal, Gal, go. I'm not sure how they pronounce their last name, who plays the villain Dedra Miro. In the series told empire magazine that the phrase f the empire was left on the cutting room floor for the first season finale which aired last week um and frankly i don't think that that i, I know that they speak english but this is supposed to be uh, in a 
place far, far away and a long time ago, that kind of a thing. Anyway, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but the se the season finale was pretty amazing. So let's just go over to abusinessinsider.com and give credit to Travis Clark for putting this article article together. Um, but there isn't really much else. Uh, there's more in the article, but um, it, it's basically uh, talking more about the um, about the show and that fans enjoyed it and um, pretty much everybody enjoys it. I think it's pretty amazing that this that particular series um, really kind of hit it out of the park for for me. Um, unlike uh what is it called the peripheral the peripheral um was such a weird i've read the book um the peripheral and i found it easier to go along with than um the the movie so or the series so if you <laughs> watch the peripheral uh, come back and talk to me about it and um Let's have a conversation. But Andor is from end to end. It was a fun watch. Um, but now it's not renewed until 2024. Let's move on to the next article, which is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. Dr. Pepper forced to give $100,000 prize to both contestants after booze erupt following odd tiebreaker at SEC uh, championship halftime contest. So Dr. Pepper drew scorn for its handling of a college tuition giveaway during God, what a game to play with people. Um, during halftime of a SEC uh, championship game, the brand announcer uh, announced one player as the winner based on an obscure rule after they tied twice. The company eventually decided to give both contestants the $100,000 prize money. They probably didn't have the ability to make that uh, determination at the time somebody else legal probably had to step in and say yeah you can do it louisiana state university wasn't the only one getting trampled halfway into its sec championship against georgia on saturday so was dr pepper after a controversial ending to a halftime college tuition giveaway contest well if they would have just given it away to both they wouldn't have been clawing back their reputation uh, by capitulating and giving it to both um but now it's not a hey congratulations you both did it um here's a hundred thousand dollars to each now it's oh my god our reputation is crushed as being a soulless corporation that wants people to uh fight for freedom from <laughs> debilitating debt the, average, uh, the beverage company drew disdain from the crowd and on social media alike after the annual competition, which involves contestants vying for $100,000 by throwing footballs into large cans. You know, that can't be the mantra here in hometown, eat the rich, but for crying out loud, you have enough money to wing $100,000 at two people who entertained people. <laughs> Z says it can too because Z said eat the rich eventually we're not hungry enough so there you go 
um, for both of you who are playing this Dr. Pepper uh, throw footballs into a can game, thank you very much for your uh, giving of entertainment and us using you to do such. And yeah, it was worth $200,000. But that's really, that's all, that's all that you can really say about this is that they had to perform and they got $100,000 each out of it. And if they would have just given it to both, then they would have been on more positive soil. Can you imagine the goodwill that would have been created if they had simply said, you both did it. Congratulations, you both get it. I'm shocked. So I'm just going to move on because that's all I can really say about that. The next article is in the Hatchadillas channel. A Florida man was arrested for suspected shoplifting at a Walmart store filled with dozens of police officers because this is the shop with a cop event. Um, bad timing much? Yes. A man was arrested after allegedly trying to shoplift from a Walmart in Florida. What is it with Florida? It's like a black hole of bad performing. Oh, oh, never mind. I know. Anyway, uh, police said he attempted to steal items during a shop with a cop event and about 40 deputies were in the store at the time of the arrest per uh, Osceola, I guess it is, Osceola County Sheriff's Office. So Allegedly tried to steal. So that that's where it says, that's why I said earlier that it is a theme in Florida. Today's theme is Florida people. Yeah. Always Florida man, Florida man, Florida man, or Florida woman. Florida person is really what it should be. A Florida person was arrested. So this is another Business Insider article. Again, they're pretty prolific on the weekends, it seems. They got their timing right. Ryan Hogg is the, or Hogue. I'm not quite sure anymore how to pronounce his name. Uh, but this is the gentleman that was arrested after allegedly trying to steal from Walmart. And uh, he attempted to steal items during the shop with a cop event. He was shopping with a cop. It just happened to be uh, what he thought was the five finger discount night of shop with a cop. Wonder if he was a cop and he would have shown his badge. He would have gotten away with it. I don't know. The incident happened during shop with a cop event with local children. Bad news, Brad, the office wrote, adding seriously, we just can't make this up. <laughs> oh, by the way, the, in the video over here, they were actually showing real wasabi being microplaned. Let me back up a little bit. This has absolutely nothing to do with the show, but I'm going to, I can't get it to back up. Anyway, there we go. So I'll let you watch that. Look at that. That's real wasabi. And it's not as hot and it dissipates really fast. So if you're going to do it, you have to do it fresh, like between slices or uh, pieces of sushi. If you eat sushi. Anyway, yeah. Walmart was filled with nearly 40 deputies alongside the forensics team. Jeez. The community services officers, the OSCO majors, and Sheriff Marcus R. Lopez, who probably was the arresting officer. Bad idea, Brad. That has to be a shirt for Florida. Let's move on to the next article. I only have two more articles. Defamation suit against Fox grows more contentious. 
Lachlan Murdoch is set to be deposed on Monday, the latest in a flurry of activity in the high stakes case. Yes, this is about amplification of messages. Um, and there's a lot of people that are sitting there ranting and raving about First Amendment, but this isn't really a First Amendment issue. This is about a company knowingly or willfully amplifying erroneous, incorrect, demonstrably false uh, evidence of a crime, which would have been the manipulation of the election in 2016. Um, by Jeremy W. Peters. This is an article over at the New York Times. In Trump's defeat in 2020, uh, the Dominion voting systems that were responsible supposedly for the defeat and that they were manipulated and whatnot. So uh, this has been going on for quite some time. And frankly, there's never been any evidence. And they're saying, by they, I mean Fox is going to be saying from my understanding that um, they are immune from a case like this because they their their talking heads basically said, "Well, show us evidence," um, but they didn't. The, the problem is that perpetuating the question of the integrity of the election is what did the damage and gave provenance gave credence to the claims because there was a major news outlet that was actually not doing any any investigation of any kind in my estimation you know obviously they're going to be providing all kinds of documents to this attorney or team of attorneys that are uh, prosecuting this defamation case um and no kidding fox is saying that they're requesting so many documents that we would have to spin up another legal team just to process them and that it's doing undue harm um to the company so um if they amplified it if they extended the the thought that this was an illegal election and they never shut it down asking and saying well i'm just asking the questions it's just not enough anymore it's just not enough you can't just sit there and say i'm asking these questions well if you are again if you're amplifying the message that the election is being stolen as a newscaster and saying well it could be well guess what you're going to end up in a defamation case because you're basically making the claim and tying it to a business if you just sit there and say well the election may not be sound well you're going to get asked okay provide evidence you are supposed to be a journalistic institution you're supposed to do some investigation you're supposed to prove the facts not just make random uh drunk uncle claims you know oh. yeah i can't even i can't go into it because it's so absurd for me to sit there and reiterate what these idiots have claimed you know that the election was stolen it wasn't stolen you just don't know what technology is you don't know how it works um, there are uh, bodies that in th that investigate the software and make sure that everything, is, the integrity of the electoral process is sound. It wasn't hacked. 
other organizations might have been hacked, but the election process was not hacked. You know, the Democratic Party might have been hacked. The Republican Party, har har, may have been hacked. Sure, 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 sure. Supposedly there's a... No, I can't even say that either. It's, it's just absurd. I, They just don't know how it works. Or they know how it works, and they are trying to destabilize democracy. So what is the shortest road to truth? It's probably because they're trying to destabilize democracy because society yearns to be together and interact and share. And the people that are driving this are antisocial. Um, downright heading towards sociopathic. You know, not, I mean, just... It's rather absurd. Um, and again, maybe, maybe as we approach the next election, um, I will do what I did for the last election, um, which was predicted off of one metric. And we can talk about it when we get closer. Uh, but Dominion is holding their own um, against Fox. And I think that they should win um, because there is no data suggesting that dominion had anything to do um with the false claims basically of a stolen election there is there was no stolen election but what i find really interesting about this sociologically is that um, i may i have mentioned this several times now um, in my nearly 340 days worth of presenting news that um Close to 10 years ago, I started talking about what, what could be done to society to cause the greatest harm to society. And I have to limit, limit it to the United States because you can have something like a solar flare and it wipes out all technology. Um, but there are, there is stuff that is, you know, powered off. It won't be damaged, but, um, yeah, so um, let me follow up with that, Z. And um, so what I had been talking about for the last 10 years with the people that I give presentations to about technology is that um, you could do great societal harm by impugning the integrity of the electoral process. It has nothing really to do with technology except that you can exploit technology and its inherent mystique, right? It To some people, law is arcane and impossible to unwind. Same thing with taxes, um, same thing with uh, global finance, um, big business, etc. And it, it's like that with the, elect the electoral process and technology. It's very arcane. You, unless you are privileged in some way or you go to the right event, You'll never know how it actually is protected, how it works, um, the, the checks and balances that are in place. Um, while I'm a proponent that I think that the voting software should be standardized and uh, the public have access to the source code to review, not necessarily do commits to it, but 
to audit it and find out if there are holes in it because there are a whole lot of people that are out there trying to do good um, and they would be able to add their value to the to protect this um and um so yeah i i think that there is a way to add credibility to the electoral process again by removing any of the shady um kind of black box nature of the voting machines themselves and the software so um yeah so fox so you said that it was um false right the thing uh, above what you were uh, saying that um it's listed as entertainment and not news well it is it is a complete channel fox is is an actual channel so it whatever it's broadcasting is a business process it I, I don't know if there's really a designation, a separation. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, I told people um, at a recent uh, presentation that I gave that, um, you know how people sit there and say, I'm a member of the press. Um, it doesn't mean anything. A press pass is junk. Um, being a member of the press doesn't give you carte blanche to do and say whatever you want or to cross uh, you know police barriers or do anything really it doesn't even protect you from anything being a member of the press doesn't really do anything if the organizations that are impeding you or you know disappearing you don't respect you they can stop your butt right where you are um, and hope you have to hope as an investigative reporter that the people that you are working for respect you enough to pull you out of whatever trouble you're in or leverage the institution that you're working for to um, stand up for you in the face of being thrown in jail or some other harm being done to you. Um, Being a member of the press doesn't protect you at all. So just because you sit there and say stuff on TV doesn't mean that you are immune um, from anything. Uh, You know, people can sue you. Corporations can sue you. Law enforcement can come after you. Um, it's not until you say stuff about the government itself um, where the government can't come after you. So state, local, federal, um, police, fire, all of those, those, all of those organizations, they can't come after you because you say that they suck. Try and do that in some other countries and you'll be disappeared. It takes an entire nation to rise up to stop that kind of stuff in other countries. So let's move on to the next article. Um, And it's the last one for today. Brooklyn man claims landlord is trying to push him out of his $450 apartment with live chickens running in yard and green liquid seeping from the the ceiling. Yeah. So Z, you said hot garbage. And I know that you're referring to other things, but I think this is hot garbage as well. Francis Roberts, 77, is suing his landlord for allegedly trying to force him out of his rent-stabilized Brooklyn apartment. Roberts alleges that he's living in extremely poor conditions since his uh, building was purchased in April. New Yorkers have rallied around Roberts to help him receive adequate repairs to his apartment and stop the alleged bullying. 
Yeah, let's click this link. Um, this too is from businessinsider.com and Jordan Hart. Um, as with all of the articles that I talk about, uh, I'm only talking about a, a, a small portion of the totality of the news that is represented on any of these pages. So definitely go over to these pages because there's always minutia, something that you might glean from it that is even more rewarding than what I'm talking about. I just have a particular take on it. Um, this though, if it's a rent stabilized Brooklyn apartment, then leave this dude alone and fix your stuff. Because if you are sitting there with live chickens running in the yard and it's against the rules of, well, in Brooklyn, if it's against the rules in Brooklyn, then get rid of the chickens. And well, unless they're egg producing and you're cool with it, I don't know. But green liquid seeping from the ceiling. I don't know if you're maybe you're trying to turn Francis Roberts into the next Marvel character and then watch out Slumlord. I am, what would be his super power name? Slumlord ass kicker. I'm not sure because green stuff oozing from the ceiling kind of screams that Roberts alleges he's living in extremely poor condition since his building was purchased in April. Let's scroll down here. So it's $450 uh, per month apartment. Depending on the size of this thing, it's probably worth $4,000 a month. Um, but the quality of it, considering it says that it's full of gar the, the property is full of garbage and live chickens. And it's an attempt by his landlord to force him out of the building. Already Roberts refused a previous owner's offer to buy him out of his lease he's in his lease um, but it's rent stabilized so he can stay there as long as he wants although the amount of the offer is unknown the former tenant of the building told uh, new york times that uh, she accepted one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to buy her out of hers um so roberts meanwhile roberts claims the building which was built around 1903 hasn't had heat since the new owners took over in april well, if it makes it an unlivable space, then the new owners can get their butt handed to them pretty quick. Um, it has to be a livable space. And so if they do stuff to harm this guy, he's going to walk away, add a couple of zeros to that former tenant's offer uh, that she accepted. And, and he's probably going to end up with it. Um, he said that green liquid is leaking through the ceiling of his basement apartment and that loud music blasts from the upstairs apartment at all hours of the day. And if somebody isn't there, then all of this is screaming slumlord and uh, maybe they're going to get in some serious trouble. He alleges his landlord Yehuda Grunberg and a tenant who moved into the building in May are to blame for the poor conditions. The new tenant, Robert claims, was brought in by Grunberg to bully him. Roberts contends that Grunberg wants him out of the unit so that Grunberg can raise the rent of the apartment and bring in higher paying tenants. Kind of a scumbag thing to do. Oh, okay, so the disagreement between landlord and tenant comes as the neighborhood where Roberts lives, Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Oh yeah, it's got it's experienced gentrification. I've actually heard of Crown Heights, Brooklyn. According to Street Easy, the median monthly rent for a two-bedroom Crown Heights apartment is $3,000. And like many Brooklyn neighborhoods, Crown Heights 
has seen a steep decline in its black population from 78% in 2000 to 48% in 2019. And by the 2010s, rents began to soar as wealthier groups flocked to Brooklyn. This would not be the first time that something racial has happened in and around Manhattan. Um, in fact, the park there was, let's say, involuntarily acquired from the black population in New York at the time. There's a little bit of history um, behind all of this. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a real shame that, um, this person though, it's a shame that this person is treated this way. And, but this person here, instead of just being left alone and treated with respect and make your money everywhere else, but this apartment, um, you know, you're, you can, you can fix it all up. In fact, ask him to move out, put him in an, in a hotel somewhere, fix up his apartment as well. And this guy will eventually pass away, but you will not be seen as a complete tool of a human being. But I've been told by other people that they'd rather be rich than have a moral or ethical compass that other people can actually agree with. Right. They, <laughs> I, I have flat out been told that they would rather be rich than people respect them for their moral or ethical choices, um, which to me is shocking. But speaking objectively, yeah, exactly. This man will die in five to 10 years anyway. Just take care of him indeed and be seen as a human and a member of society instead of a monster for abusing this dude. He's 77 years old for crying out loud. Treat him with respect. Maybe learn a few things about being a human. Watch this guy be a complete jerk. But the rest of the community is, you know, revolving around him. You know, they're, they are uh, circling the wagons to protect him. So it says here, New Yorkers have rallied around Roberts to help him receive adequate repairs to his apartment and stop the alleged bullying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's old. He's uh, earned a, a right to be a jerk if he wants. And I agree, Z, to an extent anyway. You know, say get off my lawn. But for crying out loud, stop the green ooze. Fix up his apartment. Respect this dude. Come on. Don't be dumb. Don't be a dumb human being. I'm going to make that into a shirt. That's going to go up on the hometown store. Don't be a dumb human being. It's just going to be a bean with legs and arms. All right. I am done for the night. I want to thank anybody and everybody who picks this up in the podcast forum and especially Z for showing up and hanging out with me on my stream. I don't know if there are lurkers. There are, there tend to be lurkers from time to time. I just don't know. And, uh, but Z, thank you very much for announcing your presence and, um, offering up your opinion. It's very respected. And I hope to see you next time. I am going to be here 
6 p.m. Eastern every day and uh, on into the future and probably longer starting in January. I said this in the last episode, um, but it doesn't hurt to say it again. Um, I am ramping up the number of VR uh, software um, applications or uh, games, primarily puzzle games and stuff like that. If you have a recommendation for any VR titles, be sure to get in touch with me, send them in however you want. You can always send me DMs and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm all over the place. Just find me. I'm Marwat or I'm hometown uh, pretty much everywhere, but not on mixer because it's gone. And, and I don't stream on Facebook. I've said too much. Y'all have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Z.